I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we've started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. I believe it is very Christian to forgive and forget, don't you? I have heard that from some nice waitresses yes. down at a, that diner down the street. Someone named Spool. Spool. Mrs. Spool. She's a very mysterious character. She seems like a nice lady. Everyone's uh, pretty... They want to give him the benefit of the doubt in this movie, you know? Because he's been through a lot. Yeah. And, uh, but someone doesn't. And that is the big mm. mystery throughout the movie. Who is trying to turn Norman back to the dark side? We don't know. Who would do that? Who would do that? Who would want to harass poor Norman Bates? He's been through enough. This is like the brilliant part of this, though, is that it takes a character who was the villain right. in the last film and completely turns the story on its head it, and makes you feel for this serial killer. <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant. It's the orphan first kill, you know, uh, before yeah. orphan first, ki- first kill. I mean, yeah, it takes the yes. villain and turns them into the protagonist in a sense. And uh, you want to believe that this person is can't, will succeed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, although I think Norman has a, a kinder plans than uh, our dear Esther, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't really kill until a certain point in this movie. Yeah. So he is on the right road to recovery. I'm not sure why they let him go back to the Bates Hotel, but for some reason. <laughs> it seems like a bad idea. It seems this like psychiatrist, not a great idea. Dr. Raymond, I I, I don't, I, I question his, his theories on this. Yeah. I almost get like a dr loomis kind of vibe which is kind of maybe funny because it's like meta because he was named loomis and there's everything else but i don't know this this movie has such a like gothic i mean i guess i mean the first one did too but i maybe more of this movie takes place in the house to the point where it almost has like a Mm -hmm. haunted house vibe at at times like they're walking around the house and uh, he thinks he's being haunted by this spirit of his mom and you just never really know what's going on throughout most of the movie. Um, and then it has that yeah, turn halfway through that keeps you on your toes. And uh, Absolutely. Um, there's Yeah, it's it's always twisting and turning, and uh, you never know where it's going to go. It's 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 an interesting little script here by our mm-hmm. dear Mr. Tom Holland. What else is it? I mean, uh, Chucky's back, finally. Did you watch that he yet? He is back. I did get yeah. I did get, get to see that. Yeah. Yeah, this episode, but it's off to a great start. It, it is good. It feels like a uh, kind of transition episode setting up the new mm-hmm. setup, which is fine. I mean, sometimes you have to do that to kind of oh, yeah. you know, get things rolling here. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of what... And I don't want to spoil too much, I guess, of people. But there is a nice little... Someone from the past showed up. I don't know if you would call it someone or something, but um, we'll see where that's going to go. And this therapist, I don't know what's going on with her, but... Uh, what is her story? Yeah. I don't. I, I. I do not care for her. Yeah. And her doll collection. What yes. is her problem? Yes. Yes. Who is she? Marie Osmond with all those fucking dolls. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Mm-hmm. I, I. I don't trust those people. But they came out swinging with a lot of gay stuff, so that was fun. We got some gay kisses, and yes. everybody's gay and queer, and it's 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 nice. And uh, I I'm saw someone to... complain about it on Twitter, <laughs> so it must be really hit hitting home did they not watch the last the season like cases. it was it was pretty gay too come on <laughs> yeah it's like who starts the chucky series on season two uh-huh. 
You know, it's just like, I bet I know what this is going to be. I've seen Child's Play 2. And then they're like, what's with all these <laughs> gay people everywhere? Just you wait until what we get this? to, like, uh, Meg Tilly, Jennifer Tilly, uh, Gina Gershaw, oh everyone God. else who's supposed to be coming on this fucking season. Uh, the, yeah, the Glenn Glenda. If you think it's, it's gay now, just you wait. Oh, boy. It's going to be a gl- glitter fest. Glitter be- and blood everywhere. Yeah fucking season of glee by the end of this only better <laughs> well written <laughs> jane lynch pops out and she's like yes i am a lesbian i wouldn't you're be like surprised. oh my god it's even gayer than i thought <laughs> hellraiser i think uh i don't know where i stand i'm still like forming opinions i don't on this either i don't know like I thought it was, you know, well shot. Yeah. The, part, the parts of it that I could, you know, see. <laughs> and because uh, it's a very, very dark movie. Like, yeah. I think they had three lights and two of them did not work. So yeah. I, I don't know what was going on. It wasn't um, as bad on my TV, but there, there were definitely scenes that were darker. But, you know. I actually think I like the first half more than the second half. Yeah, that's right. The buildup, uh, I think, which, is better. Yeah, because I kind of like that it was about like a brother and sister and they kind of had that like family tie, sort of like Kirk Kirsty and her father. And so yeah. she's trying to go into hell to get him back. Yeah. Like, so I, I liked that. Yeah. I think they could have uh, explored that a bit more. Probably should throw in a spoiler alert, too, in case we say anything oh, too big yeah. here. But yeah, I mean, sorry. Uh, the gangbang scene was the, gang- the best. <laughs> uh, the- <laughs> no, that yeah, I agree that the first half uh was stronger especially with the characters and um i like the queerness yeah. and the fact that there's a queer couple but then you kind of throw one <laughs> into a meat grinder and don't see him for a while so uh well yeah i'm but i, I just i did laugh when like it cuts to them in the bed yeah and they're reading po- po- poetry yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i don't know any gay people that do i'm sure there are some yeah i'm sure right but it just seemed a little ridiculous. Couldn't you have at least been reading like Clyde Barker or something? Like, come on. <laughs> just made me laugh. I don't know why. Um, it, I, yeah, I, I mean, it was it was it was fine. But then I remember at a certain point I had to go pee and I paused it and it was like 37 minutes in. And I was like, wow, it feels like it's been going for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And then I went to pee, then had to go pee again like an hour in. And I saw that it had an, a whole hour left. And I was like how what what is is this, is this gone with the fucking wind why is it so long it's long it just I mean, kind of stalled for a bit there. i've made my opinion known that i don't think most horror films need to be more than 90 minutes but and this one i do not think really justified it but uh it looked nice it was shot well it's uh i don't know kind of felt like hellraiser kind of not but it's hard because this franchise because every fucking movie feels different so you know the people there are like it's oh true. it doesn't yeah. doesn't feel like a hellraiser movie i'm like what what do you like what do you what's your basis like yeah. it doesn't feel like the Define original hellraiser movie, you know? yeah it doesn't feel like the original movie and it doesn't really yeah, feel like cause... the original story which i get that but uh i mean it's it's just a very yeah. sexless movie and i think that was the thing that it didn't mm-hmm. surprise me i just I, I because that's just kind of the world we live in today like nobody wants to show yeah. any sex or blood or see i mean they, yeah. they'll show blood but they won't show like semen or you know any any of the, the gross stuff that you would associate with clive barker and um kevin wants semen i mean it's it's <laughs> part of the stories you know it's it's something More that semen. um nobody wants to, i mean even the original hellraiser even though it didn't get like <laughs> super like like there was still sweat and you know uh, mm-hmm. just uh, the grindiness oh, God, of yeah. it and i think that's something that's been lost since the early 90s that's and one horny and, movie yeah yeah um i mean yeah, it, it 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 opens after like the prologue with 
a sex scene yes. that is about what, what about maybe five seconds five long, seconds long you would say yeah. maybe yeah yeah and that's it <laughs> so there's that <laughs> i'm pretty sure that's the only sex in the entire movie that i can remember yeah yeah there's a there's a dude in the shower for also about five seconds yeah and yeah. then the pope the the gay poetry well jamie clayton's fantastic i do love her as um, oh yeah she's 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 great oh, she's yeah great and uh the end kind of turns into this it reminded me of uh um, 13 ghosts just it turns into this very yes! like, actiony like we're trying to get mm-hmm. this rube goldberg complicated machine to do what we want it to do and everything's going fucking crazy and uh yeah. <laughs> we got to put this puzzle piece here and this is gonna activate this thing here and yada 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 so it gets a little fucking crazy at the end yeah and uh, suddenly leviathan is coming out of the fucking sky and uh, <laughs> <laughs> like here's a uh, professor what's his name and he's actually an evil villain and he's trying to get a hold of this key <laughs> that will open up all of these other uh, dimensions and yada 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 and, yeah. <laughs> and of course i mean the, the box always does different things in like all these movies and this one like mm-hmm. it, it opens up and it stabs you apparently and then it takes your blood and yeah that's always a little confusing because it's like ugh, some people it takes some people it doesn't and it, it, the rules are a little yeah. iffy I, it's it's uh i couldn't figure out the rules uh, exactly and you have to it's hard to uh, keep track for some reason sacrifice six people and uh, i mean is this like the legacy again i don't i don't know what's happening here but <laughs> <laughs> it could have used a cat nurse it i think could it could have and used, of course sam elliott's butt that could was have used yes, that too that was um, but what film can't really yes, i mean that's yes, yes. should be required for er, er, every film yes but yeah, I give them props yeah, for trying. I you know they put an actual budget behind it, which is more than I can say for like mm-hmm. most of these movies. So that that's nice. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's true. It's like we've got my brother's apartment. Can you make a Hellraiser movie in one day? And we <laughs> like, have we'll try. We have this script that's been sitting in the Universal backlot for like fifty years now. <laughs> We're gonna turn it into something. This was this was a rejected e- episode of Columbo. Can you make it Hellraiser? <laughs> I think we can. Like, yes, I think we can. <laughs> we will do that. I'll take five dollars. I'll make it as Hellraiser as possible. <laughs> I did like that they brought back little pieces of Christopher Young's score from the first two. Mm-hmm. That was nice. You could hear them occasionally. I was like, oh, that's pleasant to hear again. Yes. Thank you for that. It was. Yes. Um, what else? What else? What else? Um, I saw Smile. Did you? How was that? It was all right. It was all right. I, I, I figured mean, it, it, it was just going to be it's, okay. It's ba- basically what you've been told. It's It Follows meets The Ring. Mm-hmm. Um. I was kind of into it. It's 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 got a really great mood. It's got a lot of dread. It was mm. creepier than I had expected. Yeah. And then like at the end of the movie, the last act of this movie is just not very interesting. Okay. And that's the problem. It just kind of lulls and just sort of peters out. It's uh, not really. Did you see Lights Out from 2016? Because I've heard people. It actually feels a lot li- heard like that movie. People comparing yeah. it to that, so I was mm-hmm. curious, and I, that yeah. one was kind of similar. Yeah, very much where, so. Where I like, I liked like the first half of it, and then it was kind of like, okay, it's yeah, okay in the second half. Yeah. It's one of those movies where you're like, okay, some good scares, some good little dread parts, but yeah. am I gonna rewatch it again? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not really. You know what? I will probably rewatch uh, Bros. I did finally see Bros. Bros. It was great. Wasn't it fun? It was a lot of fun. It was it's great. Good, good time. Uh, it, it kind of had that difficult people vibe to it. Not quite as like mm-hmm. uh, bitchy, but still it, it bitchy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was, um, 
<laughs> and yeah, he he walked that really impossible line of there were people on all sides. I mean, I've seen people on social media mm-hmm. like attacking this film that have not seen it and being like, oh, it's it's not gay yeah. enough or it's too gay or it's not diverse enough. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he actually does address all these things in the movie. Like every single one of these he does, yeah, is addressed in the script. Yeah. Uh, so I recommend people actually go see it. Um, if for no other reason, they like can't do that, Kevin. I know they can't. It's too much work. I, They'd have to use their brains have to use and cri- brain. critical thinking. God forbid. <laughs> there is a lot Actually of like see a film for yourself. There's there's a lot of self awareness in this movie that like I have not seen in a yeah. mainstream movie in a long time because nobody wants to think about things. And I mean, look, yeah, no. at the end of the day, yes, it is still just a rom com, but like there is a lot of um, uh, self aware humor in this, and um, uh, just. It, it just it felt very fresh to me for the most part and i liked it a mm-hmm. lot and i don't know um, i did too i want people to go see this movie so before it's gone and they replace it with top gun 17 so i know and you know they're gonna do that yeah they, you know it's gonna happen it. in like a week so go check it out while it's in theaters and i i get the people that are like oh it's not my kind of queer story but like if you want to see other kind of queer stories then you need to support the queer stories that are exactly in theaters you know that's yeah. how this works it's you know, it is it is genuinely impossible to cover every kind of queer story in one in one movie, yeah. in one two hour long movie. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen. No. Okay, it will never happen as long as we live. Yeah. It's impossible. No, and they, they 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 like reference that in this movie. Like, there's this whole like panel of uh, different type of queer people, and like there's a whole discussion throughout <laughs> the movie of like, oh, we need to include this. You need to include this. You need to include this. And like, it's directly commenting on what's going on. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. with people talking about this movie. <laughs> Um, like he was smart enough to know like this would be a discussion that people would be having seeing this movie and that's what's been going on in the world lately yes during this halloween season but today we are in the year 1983 Woo! we're kind of right in the middle of uh slasher mania here actually we're kind of at the tail end of that first cycle because we're getting ready to yeah. kick off nightmare on elm street and that kind of kicks off a second cycle so mm-hmm. yeah uh in 1982 robert block had published this novel titled psycho 2 aptly titled and uh it i've not read this novel have you read this novel the psycho 2 novel i have heard it's freaking insane i've heard it's, it's something crazy. about like there's a, a a film being made about norman bates and then he like dies like midway yes. through or something and then it's like who's the killer and it's like this it, whole weird it is apparently thing. satirizing like hollywood slasher films and hollywood was not really in love with that idea because they were still making slasher films at the time and uh so universal was like you know what we're gonna just totally ignore that book and do our own thing uh so they hired australian director richard franklin who was one of alfred hitchcock's students and um he had made what was it like patrick and road games road games is a weird fucking movie i I never know what to make it's wild it's a it's so bizarre it's like it's a a thriller that doesn't quite seem to know it's a thriller like by the end of it I don't know what that movie is. It's interesting. I'll, I will give you that. Yeah, it's it's like Duel meets like just Thelma and Louise. I, I yeah. Don't, I don't it, know. It's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird like, they're just like having on this little trip throughout the movie. But then it, in the background, yeah. it's like there's this psychological thriller going on. I'm like, what what's happening? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an oddball. It's an oddball. Uh, but somebody liked it and they were like, let's, let's hire him to direct this movie. And uh, then they yes. hired our boy, Tom Holland, like we said. And um, Tom Holland would, of course, go on to do The Great uh, Child's Play and Fright Nights um, and many other 
films. The Temp, you know, great. Scream great. for help. Scream for scream for fucking help. Oh my god! If you haven't seen Scream for Help, folks, go watch Scream for Help. It's so good. Oh, it's so crazy. Even though he like disowns that movie, but go watch it. Anyway. He does. Yeah. What does he know? What he does, just wrote it. Yeah. It's fine. Like. <laughs> He got his big break writing the initiation of Sarah, which I was I forgot he wrote that movie uh, in another goodie seventy eight, and then he wrote The Beast Within, and then Class of nineteen eighty four, and uh, what else? What else? What else? Um, Hilton A. Green, who was the original assistant director of Psycho, was contacted and he produced the movie. So they're bringing back some of the people, the old gang here. And keep in mind, folks, it had been like 20 years. This was like the original Halloween H2O set up here. And um, um, that's, 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 uh, they called Pat- uh, Patricia Hitchcock just to kind of make sure she was uh, Hitchcock's daughter to make sure she was okay with it. And she was like, sure, give me the money. <laughs> Probably, I assume. <laughs> yeah, uh, I seem to remember an interview with her around the time of the remake, and she said the same thing. So I don't think we can trust Pat here. Mm, I don't think we can. Mm. She's like, I think my father would think it's a great idea <laughs> that people want to remake his films. It's wonderful. Yeah. You're like, really, Pat? Really? Yeah. I have a feeling... Alfred Hitchcock. I, I I don't know who 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 fucking knows about Alfred Hitch, Hitchcock. He's a he's a yeah, weird yeah. dude. Who knows what he would have supported yes. and not supported? I don't know. He's an enigma. He is yeah, an enigma, so wrapped I, in a riddle, surrounded by mystery. I think he would have liked this though. I I just do have a feeling he might have liked it. I don't know. I don't know maybe. if he would have cared for uh, Vera Miles's death, but maybe some of the other stuff. I don't know. I mean, I like to think like brian de palma like his movies are like what hitchcock would have done if he had lived longer like they would have been a little more explicit and actually shown some of the nastier stuff maybe i don't know maybe i don't know who knows i don't know hitchcock was more about suggestion and rather than show or what yeah show rather than no tell rather than show i don't know suggestion one of those (laughs) yes yes suggestion suggestion he was a very suggestive man yes um, this was originally going to be made for TV, uh, but somehow they got it off the ground and into our a theater near you. Um, originally, Anthony Perkins turned down the role and um, Christopher Walken was, I guess, in the uh, running to play the role, God. which would have been interesting. Wasn't he a little young for the part? He would have been pretty young. Uh, um, Although it would be fascinating to see. Oh, God, yes. Uh. Mary, <laughs> someone is trying to kill me. I would see that movie. It's not too late. It's... Let's let's remake Psycho 2. We've already remade the first one. Let's just remake Psycho 2 and just put Christopher Walken in there for yes. no reason. <laughs> yes. I'm actually kind of surprised they haven't done it. I mean, they did Bates Motel, but they haven't done much with Psycho mm-hmm. recently in terms of like trying to revitalize the property. It's only a matter of time, I feel like. Um, yeah, I don't. I I think you know with Bates Motel, I remember they changed um, the shower scene. Mm-hmm. They had Nor- Norman not in full mother drag, yeah, because they thought it would be offensive. Um, so maybe they're just like, why bother? You know, because we're just gonna get like raked through the coals if we keep that same thing. I would like to see a version where he's like lusting after a dude, and that's what's driving his impulses because i think that is what a lot of people sort of interpret with anthony perkins in this role of like oh he's repressing his sexuality and it'd be nice to see something a little more overt with that i mean it's still repressed sexuality in the movie but like it would be interesting to see i guess kind of from a queer 
perspective, maybe. I don't know. But but then but then you have to remember they'd be making a gay villain. Ah, well, that's true. You can't true. do that. That's true. We can't, can't do that do anymore. It. We that's... we are all good people. Yeah. Every last one of us. Yeah. We've ne- never never done a bad thing. This is <laughs> Just, true. We're squeaky clean. This is true. Maybe a little less nutty than Dahmer. Yeah. And uh, okay, what else here? We got Vera Miles, of course, back the great Vera Miles. Um, and uh, John Gavin was unavailable uh, because, get this, he was appointed <laughs> as a ambassador <laughs> oh, to yeah. Mexico by President Ronald Reagan. Yeah, he had time to make the movie Jennifer, but not Psycho mm-hmm. 2. Well, so. yes. Jennifer was a bigger priority, I think, you know, with the snakes. Priorities, the snakes. Gavin. Priorities. <laughs> the snakes. Originally, they wanted Jamie Lee Curtis to play Mary Loomis, which mm. also would have been interesting. Um, Absolutely. But uh, she had some sort of scheduling conflict, and I guess she didn't want to, again, be typecast in the horror genre too much because she was she did Trading Places this year, so that was kind of her. That's right. She went legit, right? I did hear something about how she actually asked her mother if she should do it, mm. and she said that Hitch wouldn't approve of a sequel, so mm. she said no. Well, that That's a story that I've heard, so I don't know how true that is. I but I'm putting it on the interwebs. So I can imagine this was it's gotta be true. this was pretty controversial back in the day. I mean, even the, the, oh, yeah. the critical response, it, it's warmed since then. But at the time, it was very mm-hmm. much like, how dare you touch this classic film that uh, really right. kind of kicked off the modern horror genre as like we know it in society today mm-hmm. and uh, sort of, you know, uh, fuck with that. I mean, which, you know, understandable. I mean, I get it. I mean, Halloween H2O was sort of the same way. At least there had been sequels before that. So like people knew that it... it uh, I mean, the franchise had already already gone in different direction uh, directions, as opposed to Psycho. Like, oh, it was yeah. just like twenty years later, here's a new film. Uh, yeah, but uh, I think it's hopefully lulled to some people when they saw that like Anthony Perkins was coming back, and um, we had some of the producers from the original film, and we got the set from the original film. At least we rebuilt some of it, but uh, mm-hmm. it was still sitting there over the Universal backlot, I think, and. Um, I don't remember when they tore that down eventually, but it was sad. Uh, I'm trying to remember because I know Psycho 4 was shot at uh, Universal Studios Orlando. Mm-hmm. And they had the the house up there for years until probably, probably like the early 2000s. I yeah. think they finally demolished it. Um, but then I think it's still there on the, the back lot in California. Is it? I think it's still on the mm. tour. I think so. I yeah. But I'm not sure if it – because why would they sh- – I'm trying to remember why they would shoot Psycho 4 in F- Florida if this was still up in California. Like, was there, yeah. like, a tax break or something? I, I don't know. Possible. Um, but, yeah, they brought Meg Tilly in, of course. The great Meg Tilly. And, a um, wise choice. She fucking hated working on this movie, apparently, but <laughs> – Oh, despised it. And, y'all, she has not – she had not seen the film – ever she until, apparently like didn't grow up a, with tv a year ago she didn't grow up with tv like at all so like she just didn't watch yeah. anything so yeah she had she no had idea what she was getting life. into apparently but there's a video that she posted of her watching it for the first time and it is the greatest thing you will ever see it's just her reacting to the entire movie oh wonderful it's like the whole length of the movie and it's delightful Ugh. so please go and watch that on her youtube channel it'll change your life that it's is your so homework assignment from the homos and hotel yes <laughs> Go watch Meg Tilly react, react to, to her own movie <laughs> that she had never seen because she doesn't like horror movies. She's one of the, one one of those like Jamie Lee where 
she she doesn't go see these. She didn't like it, and so she it, didn't like being on set. I mean, and, and apparently neither did Anthony Perkins was an asshole. Anthony Perkins, yeah, apparently tried to get her fired. Yeah. I I don't know why that there was so much bad blood going on here, but they did not get the, along um, at all. The story I've heard, I think from her is that she didn't really like bow down to him that much Mm. and she had never seen the original Mm -hmm. because like you said she didn't you know she she just wasn't raised that way yeah and so he felt like she was disrespecting him and the the legacy and and then also others have commented that when they started to watch dailies from the first few days he was a little stiff and so he was getting lots of notes, but she was getting a lot of praise. Okay. And I think maybe it was that feeling of like, is this this young whippersnapper here going to usurp me in my own film? Sure. I think there was a bit of that. So, yes. you know. Well, that makes sense. It's kind of unfortunate. It's I, I can understand him having some ownership of this. And it, it, it had affected mm-hmm. his life quite a bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Because up until he did Psycho, he was this kind of... Johnny go happy kid. I mean, I mean, he'd been cast in all these kind of happier roles and, but once he did psycho, mm-hmm. that's all anyone could ever really see him as. And yeah, so it really exactly. like, affected his career in a pretty monumental way. So I can understand him having like very mixed feelings about doing something like this. And, uh, and then when he right. finally did do it, having, you know, wanting to have more control over how he was portrayed. Um, there was some, the, mm-hmm. the documentary addresses this, there was some, um, I think it was a, people magazine article or some magazine article that came out at the time and it was just like really demeaning him in a sense and uh, like mm. why would you go back to this role and this like sissy kind of very kind of almost homophobic even though like he wasn't out at the time yeah but, like, just the way it was written um uh so yeah i can understand anyway i can understand him having, i mean it doesn't mean he needed to be like a total dick to make tilly but um no yeah I, I just think there was probably a lot of pressure on him because mm-hmm. this 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 was you know the most iconic part that he ever played yeah, yeah. and it just captured the public's imag- imag- imagination in, in 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 some huge way and mm-hmm. i think maybe he felt both kind of a little pissed off that this was the only thing that he did that really got people talking and that he had to come back to it and also the res- responsibility of coming back to the one thing that everybody lo- loved him in and trying to get it right i mean it's a lot of pressure for someone and so i mean i get it but you don't have to be mean to meg it's tough what did she do besides be a bundle of light and just like to be seen as a serial killer like every day you're just walking down the street and someone being like oh hey i know you as uh norman bates you scared the shit out of me when's the last person you killed or something you know it's just i I can't really while you're like repressing your sexuality and everything else and it's it oh my god i'm sure there's a lot going on Principal Photography, Universal Studios, like we said, in California, um, 1982. The exterior of the house featured in the original was relocated to a different section of Universal Studios for production. We got the town of Fairvale here, which is also the same set that was used for like Gremlins and Back to the Future. There's a couple points in the movie where you see like a silhouette of Hitchcock, I guess that's supposed to be. Like this also kind of plays up the sort of haunted house vibe of it. Like there'll just be this like kind of random silhouette just like in the background at times. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Yada, yada, yada. The final pages of the script were not distributed until the last couple days of filming, which is a very like scream thing to do later on. Uh, They wanted John Williams originally or that he was considered, um, but they eventually went with Jerry Goldsmith, um, who I believe was a longtime friend of it's, Bernard it's Herman. It's a very different score than 
It is original. It's more sensitive, which I think works with yeah. the. Yeah, I like it. I, I do too. It's it's um, it's beautiful. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I I I did read that apparently a theme that he composed this ended up in the second segment of twilight twilight zone the movie mm-hmm. i saw that too because yeah. it was re- rejected for being too like you know light and flowery kind of yeah sweet it, they're like we'll stick it in that spielberg segment parts of this i don't know like a little bit of like a flowers in the attic kind of vibe to me i don't know just oh like yeah with yeah the, yeah i mean yeah. The, the the scoring and like the way it's shot kind of dreamlike at times not the whole movie but like mm-hmm. the, the filter is Absolutely. a little fuzzy and it's it's interesting yeah um, it does have like it does have a kind of a vc andrews mm-hmm. quality and oh that reminds me i was watching the uh bonus stuff on the initiation of sarah mm-hmm. and there was an interview with tom holland and he was actually one of the first people asked to adapt Flowers in the Attic for the production company that ended up doing it. Mm. So that's really funny. So it is kind of connected in a weird way. It's all connected. But this this does have a kind of a sort of a gothic V.C. Andrews it's, quality. At time, I mean, like, it, it's mostly taking place in the house and it's sort mm. of this weird incestuous thing with Meg because he killed her ants and they're like weirdly connected yeah. but also like are they gonna fuck at some point or at least like <laughs> yeah. it's 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 yeah there's a little bit of that vibe definitely that's most of the behind the scenes stuff here y'all can go read up on your little details um but the film opened on june 3rd 1983 it opened second behind star wars return of the jedi uh which grossed like a gazillion dollars um this grossed yeah. you're not gonna beat that you're not gonna beat that uh this grossed like only like well i don't say only because Thirty-five million dollars at the time was not bad. It was the highest-grossing horror film that year, so there's that. Damn. Um, the other two behind it were Twilight Zone and Cujo. Although, do you know what the second and third grossing highest-grossing films that year were? Um, no. Tell me. They're pretty tell gay. Me more. Tell me more. They're pretty gay. Pr- pretty gay. Oh, number two. Tootsie. Tootsie. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. And uh, number three, Flashdance. Oh. Which also, funnily enough, Meg Tilly was up for that part. But I think a boyfriend talked her out of, like, going to the last audition or some shit. Mm. Isn't that weird? It's all connected with with Meg. She all con- was connected. a little bit of an it girl here for a couple of years here. She was oh, yeah. in quite a few little films in, like, a five-year period. And then she kind of dropped off a little bit. But, yeah. I mean, I um, love Jennifer Beals. Don't get me wrong. But if, if Meg had done the part, they wouldn't have had to have a dance double because she was actually a dancer so that mm. would have been cool but that would have been cool what are you gonna do mm. uh like i said the critical reception here was mixed i have a feeling it was just a lot of people being like what are you doing making a follow-up to psycho here this is crazy yeah who do you uh, think you are who do you who, how dare you touch this uh wonderful piece of art because people would never be like that today right anytime someone's like we're making a oh. sequel or re- requel or remake you know I mean, people freak out when they reboot a fran a franchise that has mostly sucky sequels. They're mm. like, "Don't tarnish the legacy." What legacy? Right. These, what these legacy? movies all sucked. Who cares? <laughs> there was on. one good movie. There was one. Yeah. Come on. Calm down. <laughs> a- another Children of the Corn, but how, how so dare they? They will never touch the original. Oh, like, wow. I, I, 
I think it's possible. I don't know. I mean, we, we, we could try. We could actually put a little bit of a budget and see what happens. <laughs> now, if they try to remake part three, I'd be like, yeah, that's a fool's errand there. You're not going to get any better <laughs> than that already one. Perfect. That movie, is so. Perfect film. So <laughs> step back, buster. <laughs> what did, what did our dear Roger Ebert say about this movie? He said, um, while the film sustained the suspenseful atmosphere of the original, um, and it is better than an average slasher film. Uh, it is too heavy on the plot, whatever that means, and too willing to cheat and about its plot to be successful. Too willing to cheat about its plot to be successful. Okay, well. Um, all right, okay, Raj. <laughs> I think it makes perfect sense, but you do you, boo. It's like, it, I don't know. I mean, the ending is a little like horror movie twist but like it's a horror movie so i don't know what you expect here you know it's uh and like throughout the whole film there's a person calling him saying like i'm your real mother so it's not like it's like wait who's this lady why is she saying these things it's like oh she's the one that did it the whole time it doesn't yeah come out of nowhere i mean it when it happens it's a little out of nowhere it's just like okay why is she showing up at the house and it's not like a big moment but like it but Mm -hmm. i don't know we'll get to it when we get to it but like some of the retrospective, many of the retrospective reviews have been much more positive. Empire Magazine has said it is a smart, darkly comic thriller. I don't think it's that funny, but okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, with... <laughs> Kevin, it's a hoot. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, with some imaginative twists. Um, and uh, they say the wittiest thing about it is that the entire world wants Norman to be mad and normality can only be restored if he's got a mummified mother in the window and is ready to kill again. <laughs> It's it's true. I mean, it's true. That's his version of normal. But it's most of the world actually seems to want him to be okay. I mean, everyone in this yeah. town is like fairly supportive of him, actually. So yeah, like most of the people that work at the diner are are like, yeah, let's let's we we can work together. You know, yeah. Just make sure you get me my fries on time, and we're yeah. we're good to go. Norm, the sheriff seems to mostly support him, and uh, yeah. Uh, the the therapist like wants him to succeed mm-hmm. so like it, he he's got a decent support system but it just shows like all it takes is that like one thing to like break you when you're like yeah um again it's 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 a little halloween h2o in that sense it's like she has her life together and she's um kind of rebuilt it and she wasn't a serial killer like norman was but uh well, she has <laughs> that we just know wait of. until halloween 60 and we'll mm, she'll we'll we'll see a there. new side to laurie we'll get there straight jacket up in here yeah <laughs> she snapped from the trauma mm-hmm. oh my god i would watch straight jacket starring jamie lee curtis mm-hmm. oh that sounds like a great idea. my god oh they should do that mm-hmm. jamie lee is joan crawford in straight jacket mm-hmm. oh my god jason blum get on that you fucker come on who do we have to call i know the william castle estate i will do it give me a number I... Yeah, that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Speed dial right now. It's a, it's a good idea. Thank you. I have one or two every 50 years. It's fine. You should be very proud of this one. It's very good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I think I initially suggested Tony Collette, but I don't You did. I mean, I you did. I, listen, I'm not picky. Both fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, things are happening in this movie. So tell us so fucking much well for first of all in case you haven't seen the original in case you've been living mm-hmm. under a rock since 1960 a rock like yeah. a big ass rock that you cannot mm-hmm. move um you get to see a little flashback of what happened to poor marion crane 
at the Bates Motel back in 1960, and she was stabbed to death in her shower in the motel. Yeah, th- this and, was apparently uh, a uh, controversial um, decision to include this. I don't know why, but I mean, it, it it's a little startling because it's in black and white, and then it goes into color. Um, I do, I do well, always kind I, of, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I just think that when you open a film with a scene from a classic film that's well-respected, you're kind of setting yourself up for disaster in a way because yeah. you're like you're comparing it already to this classic film it's kind of like Ooh, in right. all these new reboots where they're like remember that scene from this movie and that one remember that it's like why would you want to remind people that they could be watching a possibly better movie but with this That's movie true. i think it works because it's it's you know it's just kind of it's a pretty fast quick little it, recap it, it, yeah it, it comes really quickly here as opposed to halloween yeah. kills where we get this like 20 minute flashback to the 70s sequence that serves no purpose other than just to do it basically they just um, wanted to go back to the 70s they're like that sounds fun we'll just yeah shoot that for a week why not <laughs> um I, I i'm always tempted to like rip this movie and uh put a black and white filter on it i just i'm just curious to see how it looks i bet it would look kind of cool i bet it would but it'd be a fun little ex- experiment yeah for halloween yeah. time yeah. Uh, but yeah. So so now it is uh, it is twenty two years after this entire murder spree, and mm-hmm. Norman is on trial. And at first you're like, oh god, is this, this going to be like one and one and those cor- courtroom dramas? God help me. <laughs> but then it turns out it's just his final trial, allowing him out into the world. The jury has found him to be completely reformed. But Lila Loomis is not having any of his bullshit. And she she, no. she has got a petition. She has a petition signed by many people saying he should not be released into the world because he murdered many people, including her sister, of course. Yeah. And um, so you can already tell she's going to be like, she's going to be ruffling some feathers. She and, seems um, to blame him for her husband, too. Like later on in the movie, yeah. she's like, you know, it's like he had something to do with his death, which I don't think so like i think he was locked up at that time lila like you can't blame everything on norman okay like and so then uh norman's doctor dr raymond Raymond. uh decides to drive him to the house and motel again and he's like you know what uh this motel is being operated by this dude named mr toomey and uh everything's good and we're gonna stick you here in your old house and uh got you a little job at this diner we're going to make sure you turn out fine. But like immediately Gee. after he leaves, like he sees this like creepy note, right? Like this like spooky mm-hmm. note from his, from his, his mother who's been dead. And then has like a flashback of him when he was a kid, like killing her with the poison and stuff. Yeah. And they're, 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 they're like, pretty little mean notes. He gets them throughout the movie and they're always like, yeah. kill the slut. And uh, yeah, get that <laughs> Watch out for that out whore. my house. Yeah. And then so he he goes in for work and he meets Mrs. Spool, who's all like, you know what? I think you're going to be fine. I'm a Christian and I, I, I think we should forgive you. So we're going to let you work here. And then he meets Mary, who is this young wo- woman who's having like this weird conversation with her boyfriend on the phone. And she's she seems a little scatterbrained and kind of quirky. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's a little too too concerned with her boyfriend, not so concerned with her work. And she's got that cute like Joan Jett haircut. Yeah, it's kind of sassy. I like it. Um, And so after work, uh, she has this conversation with her boyfriend and basically um, she can't return to her boyfriend's place. And Norman's like, 
well, I've got this motel up here. Do you want to come and stay? And she's like, uh, okay, sure. <laughs> and uh, they go back to the motel, and that is when he finally meets Mr. Toomey, who is Whose running. Whose first name is to Toomey. I'm glad you said it and not me. <laughs> Socket to me, I suppose. <laughs> Actually, it's the much much less exciting Warren. Ah, uh, Warren to me. Okay, Warren to me. It sounds yeah. like an old school like movie star, though. I kind of like does. that name. Yeah. I like that. It, if I ever go into the witness protection, that's what I'm going to take. Warren to me, starring Warren to me and Tad Daniels. <laughs> why not <laughs> and so he goes back to the motel and Toomey is a very sleazy character it's played by dennis franz who is i think playing his same character from dress to kill um yeah, pretty I'm much assuming pretty much. he like quit the profession and then just decided to take up shop here in mm-hmm. california and he sees that there are drugs there are drugs in the office and he's just he's just so shocked. He's like, what kind of place are you running here? This is a classy establishment. And Toomey's like, well, I'm making money. So fuck yourself, psycho. Which is the yeah, title of the movie. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love when move. Mo- I love when they do, do that. that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he goes back up to the house where Mary is and um, and they have a little conversation and he like he makes her a sandwich right and he's like struggling to like cut the bread and she's all like what what's the matter norman and he's like oh it's nothing just and she like (laughs) basically puts the knife in his hand and is like here yeah she's like like, it's nothing don't worry about it just cut it up and then she takes a shower right is that is that here where she takes a shower and someone is watching her from a hole in the bathroom mm-hmm. who could it be is it norman up to his old tri- tricks again Somebody or someone else me. and then like she comes downstairs and he's playing like piano and stuff and yeah, he plays like, a oh, lot of piano in this movie he's a nice he's a accomplished apparently that's actually yeah. anthony perkins playing he's a accomplished pianist look at that and then norman's at the diner and he gets this note from mother Mother. and it's like throw the whore out of my house and stuff and he kind of like flips out and ends up accidentally injuring someone with some french fry grease and mr toomey comes in there and is like just trying to hit on mary and like humiliating her and saying like why would you want to be with that psycho when you can have me and stuff you know yeah and uh 80s sleazy bum exactly also if they remade uh, this the gay version that we were talking about can the mother mm-hmm. be like the mother from Daughters of Darkness and just this like <gasps> giant Otho esque oh uh, Glenn Shaddix type character just I'm sending I, notes? I, I would be fine with that. Or Harvey Firestein. He could he could pull it off. <gasps> Even better. Who was also in Bros, better. by the way. Yes. Norman, Norman. <laughs> it's your mother. It's your mother. <laughs> Call me. And, uh... <laughs> Get that hole out of my house. <laughs> I can see it now. So good. actually, if they ever remake Black Christmas, I want him to do the phone, the phone, the phone call voice. <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> you pretty pink pussy. Let me lick it. Lick it. <laughs> be, great. Oh, be great. I have ideas. Norman comes out and like tries to protect Mary and stuff. And 
and he accidentally breaks this 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 pie and there's like a big knife in the middle of it and he looks down and and he's and he's like i i could kill him i could pick it up and stab him and Toomey's all like, yeah, go ahead, psycho, pick it up, come on. And then he doesn't. And he's like, ah, you're a chicken shit too. You're a freaking a psycho and a chicken. And then later that night, though, someone dressed all in black, a lot like Mother used to, kills mm-hmm. Mr. Toomey in the mm-hmm. office. It's 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 uh, crazy. And uh, these kill sequences are not too crazy until you get to one later on when it just yeah, goes like fucking nutty this <laughs> first one is pretty much like the same as the martin ball balsam one in the first one they just mm-hmm. they can't come in stab him across the face we don't really see any more than we did in the original and you're mm-hmm. like okay they're gonna keep it classy all right cool but oh no no it it escalates to quite just a fever pitch yeah just wait. <laughs> so and so norman is trying to like fix up the motel you know and he starts hearing all these voices in the house. And then at one point he he goes into his mother's bedroom and it's been rearranged to exactly the way that it was before he was in insti- institu- institutionalized. And he's like, what the yeah. hell is this? Yeah. And then there's this sound that like brings him up to the attic to investigate and, and he gets locked in. And while he's locked in. There are these two teenagers that just randomly pop in and decide to have sex and smoke pot in the basement. They just sneak into the basement. I feel like this is only here because they were like, oh, we need to make it kind of more slasher adjacent. So yeah, let's throw in some teenagers absolutely. that he'll, he'll kill off and it'll be like Friday the 13th and yada, yada, yada. Pretty much. And, these, and it is these, like Friday the 13th with this reveal, yeah, too, which we'll get to. These later. two kids really don't have much going on. No, and just, you never you know, see the girl them. again. I mean, I guess she runs no. to the police, so there's that. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, so there's smoke, 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 smoking pot in there, and all of a sudden, Mother appears, and they try to sneak back out of the window, and she kills the guy, and the girl gets away. Mary comes back home and is like, Norman, Norman, where are you? And she finds him in the attic, and he's like, I got locked in here. And then he's like, I've got to show you Mother's bedroom. And then they go in there, and it's like it was yesterday. And then all of a sudden the sheriff arrives and is all like, uh, we heard from this girl that her boyfriend was killed by some woman in your basement. And Mary's all like, well, actually, uh, we were out uh, t- together at this at-, at that time. So that is impossible. He could not have done that. And Norman is all like, um, I think I might have killed him like this might be happening again. Like, it's possible that like I could just have snapped because when I used to kill I didn't remember it, so it's very possible I could have just not remembered this too. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, because then Mary tells him that when she found him, the door was unlocked to the attic. So she's like, "How mm-hmm. is that possible? What's going on here?" Yeah. And then that night, Mary sneaks down to the office in the motel, and she's grabbed by some by some strange woman. And you go, "Oh no, she's gonna get killed!" And then it turns out it's Lila, and <gasps> she's like, "Oh, mom!" And you're like, "Mom, what?" Mom? What Twist. the hell? It's unbelievable. And right. and so we learn that these two have been plotting. They have been writing the notes and making the creepy phone calls and even dressing up like his mother and like luring him up to the attic and shit. Like they have planned this whole thing. 
And Mary's all like, you know what? Why are we doing this? Norman's a good dude. He's just trying really hard to get back Mm -hmm. to normal. And what we're doing is not fair. And she's like, I'm going to go. Norman needs me. And Lila's all like, Norman needs you? A psychopath needs you? (laughs) <laughs> and it's it's meanwhile just, she's it's just like smoking like, a cigarette the whole time and like yeah it's, it's great it's like she's like everything's going according to our plan she's just she's so mean in this she's just a mean woman mean like i get it um, to, to a degree like but it's yeah it's it's, it's a bit much <laughs> uh and like she's has probably never really even raised her daughter like because she's been so focused on this like one thing and like it's it's uh i think mary mary has seen how crazy this woman can be so mm-hmm. i think she is able to accept that maybe norman is a, more of a normal guy at this point because her mom is just kind of nuts at this point so yeah maybe. i mean who who would you believe at this point i mean who knows lyle is a little a little crazy a um have you got to the blood in the toilet that's coming up isn't it that is i think that's here all of okay. a sudden norman just goes to the bathroom flushes the to- toilet and then <laughs> blood flies out from that, from the sink, I don't know how this is happening. I'm like, is this a dream sequence? I don't know. I don't know. Yes. And Mary comes in and she's all like, oh, God, what's happening? And then she pulls out these big bloody towels and like throws them on the floor. And she's like, how did I get it in there? And he's mm-hmm. like, obviously, from when I killed that kid, I just pro- probably stuck it in there. And she's like, mm-hmm. you didn't kill anybody, Norman. You didn't kill anybody. <laughs> oh, Norman. <laughs> just you're such a card norman <laughs> such a card and at some point like they hear a weird noise and mary has this gun and she goes to investigate and she and she notices this like this this creepy like reflection in the mirror and she and she's like there's a hole in the wall and so she goes and like goes into the into the room next door and tries to see like who was in there and she sees this mm. eye and she freaks out and Norman finds her with the gun and he's all like, is that because of me? And she's like, no, of course not. I just have it for protection. <laughs> I just have a gun. <laughs> like, Everyone has a gun. <laughs> I just sleep with the door j- jammed with a chair, chair so you can't get in. And then like he really feels like he's just losing his sanity completely. And there's yeah. a scene where um, they're scared that there's someone in the house. So they sleep in the same room. And Mary wakes up to Norman standing over her with a big knife. And she's like, what are you doing, Norman? She kind of talks him down. And then it's this beautiful scene where he's just he's so scared that he's losing it again. And he doesn't want to go back to the asylum. And to Anthony Perkins's credit, this is apparently a scene that he wanted in the movie. Um, It was not originally in the movie. So it's it's good. It It was a smart choice. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then she just kind of cradles him and is all like, think about the good times with your mom and and he's like i can't remember them like they took they took they took them away at the in institution and all i remember is the the toasted cheese sandwiches that she would make me when i was sick like oh norman that's just so sad so sad <laughs> it's so sad and then um dr raymond talks to him and is like norman here's the deal i found out that mary is Lila's daughter. And I think the two of them are the ones that are harassing you. And he's not really like completely convinced about it. And he thinks that it's really his real mother who is doing this. And they're like, there's no record of you being adopted. So that's probably just someone trying to pull one over on you. They dig up the body of 
his mother and uh, she's mm-hmm. still there and they try to convince yeah. him of that and uh, this this like we said this psychiatrist is pretty hands-on he's uh yeah he has like no other patients like basically apparently uh, clearly like i feel bad for for his other patients if he does have them because he's giving yeah. all of his time to Nor- norman mm-hmm. and uh norman sort of talks to mary about the whole thing and Mary is like, yeah, we were plotting against you, but like, I'm not going to do that anymore. This is all my mom. She's like lost it. And there's a whole scene where like she goes to meet her at this hotel and they have this big fight and she like threatens her. And this I'm going to say he's gay. There's a gay bellboy that's like (laughs) listening in and he's and he's like, ooh, drama like this cat, <laughs> cat fight and so that will come into play later yeah the, the, the vera is like is like trying to basically keep mary in harm's way like yeah it, it, she doesn't really seem to care that much i mean she about her daughter at least not enough to uh like stop her from no. being yeah, in danger she's trying to get him to go crazy and kill again yeah. and she mm-hmm. and she's like we're so close we just need one more thing to push him over the edge stay yeah. with him and drive him crazy like she's not even thinking like okay what if we do push him over the edge and he kills my daughter you know like right. wouldn't that exactly. be kind of a bad thing to happen exactly but she's like no it's ugh, she's just such a nutter she's just terrible yeah. but um lila ain't gonna stop because she decides to go over there because if her daughter's not going to do it, she is, damn it. So she goes into the cellar where she has <laughs> hidden a whole mother costume with wig and knife under this, this, this little stone. I don't know why this scene kind of makes me laugh. Just not even when she's like in the cellar, when she's like walking outside the house and like kind of ducking yeah. behind bushes and like just kind of yeah. creeping up to the house. I don't know why it just like makes me laugh. And it's like the music too is is <laughs> all like, something's going to happen. What's happening? She's so sneaky, this Lila. And Dr. Raymond is spying on her because he knows, he knows what's going to happen. And so she goes into the cellar and opens up her mother stone and gets all the stuff out. And then all of a sudden she hears these footsteps behind her and she turns around and it's, it's mother and she screams <laughs> and then they just shove a knife like into her mouth. And it comes oh, out God. the back of her head. It's it like is... a Fulci movie. What oh is God. It is like, yeah. One of the meanest deaths <laughs> in like a, in a mainstream horror, even by today's standards, it's pretty fucking mean. Like, it's just like twitching and shit like it goes on for like a little while it's nasty i mean all the power to vera miles like committing to it but it's just like wow i um like i don't know she really deserved this but okay like i wonder what her reaction was when she read read this script like oh my oh god i can't do that one it'll be tastefully shot it'll be fine (laughs) it's so brutal and um yeah so uh then the police have dragged a swamp and they find a car and inside mm-hmm. that car is Mr. Toomey and mm-hmm. Mary has been with them. And she's like, Oh my God, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to go back to the house and warn Norman because they're coming for him. You know, clearly he started to kill again yep. and she's like, let's just get it, get in the car and drive. And he's like, drive where? And she's like, well, just, just drive. We'll be on the run. He's like, where are we going to go? And he's just, he's not very phased by this at all. And then the, he gets a phone call and it's um, Dr. R- uh, the, the, Dr. Raymond and he's making sense. But then all of a sudden Norman just starts to address him as mother 
And he's like, uh, no, this is Dr. Raymond, Norman. And he's all like, that's right, mother. Great. And so Dr. Raymond's like, uh, I'm, I need to get in there. Mary picks up the phone and she's trying to listen in, but there's no one on the line. But Norman's still talking to mother and she's like, oh my God, he has lost it. And then that's when he's like, yes, mother, I can't, I can't do that. I couldn't kill her. And she's like, oh, fuck. So she goes into the cellar and finds the mother ca- ca- costume and dresses up and gets back up there and tries to persuade him as mother to yeah. hang up the phone. Yeah. And it doesn't work. So she goes upstairs and picks up the other line and starts, starts and starts to talk. And is all like, Norman, listen to me. It's your mother. And then all of a sudden here comes Dr. Raymond right behind her. And she freaks out and stabs him in the chest and he falls. And then it's not enough to just fall down the stairs after being stabbed. The knife is still in him and it lands on the banister and pushes it in further. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah. nasty. We, and then he yeah, falls the, to the ground. The, the slasher influence oh. here, yes. Yeah, it's so nasty. And then um, Mary comes downstairs and Norman sees this and he's all like, oh no. And and <laughs> this line always makes me laugh. She's like, I didn't mean to. I th- I thought it was you. <laughs> It's like, oh, well, well, that helps. And, and it's like and, legally, and legally blonde, the... isn't it? I thought it was <laughs> you who walked through the door. Yeah. And so Norman is all like, it's okay, mother. We'll just, we'll clean, clean it up and stuff. And she's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not mother. I'm Mary. And then she grabs the knife and like, slices him because he keeps coming towards it's, it's, toward, it's toward really her. uncomfortable because he's not really phased by it at, at, no. at one point he grabs it with his hands and it always makes me oh. wince because it's like oh, oh my god just and just the it. music it's, cue too is like yeah. it's like it's mm-hmm. so, so nasty and so he's like trying to get her into the cellar and she's backing up and then at, at some point they're in the cellar and he trips and he 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 falls on all the all the all the coal that's been yeah. built up on the wall, revealing the corpse of Lila. And th- this shot, uh, as a kid, this shot was so terrifying. That yeah. was the scariest thing I've ever seen. Because it's like her, f- it's like her face is like this weird pale color, and there's blood coming out of her mouth. It doesn't even look like her anymore. There. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's creepy. It's like it's, an evil it's, dead it's like skull that weird, just sitting back. It's got like that weird uncanny look, you know. Mm-hmm. Mary sees this and she's like, "Oh my god, you did it." You killed them all. And right as she's a, about to stab him, the police come in and shoot her. And her wig just drops on the floor. And then they're at the police station and the 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 gay concierge or whatever is like, <laughs> yep, I heard it. I heard it all. They were fighting. And I think she probably tried to kill her mother, too, and tried to kill yeah. Norman. And, and the- it was all her. Yeah, pretty much. We just like the first one. We get this giant exposition dump at the end. Only this time, it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not right. It's like completely inaccurate. But like someone's like, "Here's what happened." So there was this mom and her daughter, and they complained this whole thing. They were trying to drive you crazy, Norman. That's what they were the doing. Norman was he was good the whole time. Yeah, and so then he goes back home with a little bandage on, you know, because his hands will never be the same again. And he's just shoveling coal into the furnace and having a little drink and making a little dinner. And all of a sudden this woman starts walking up at the house. You're like, who the hell's that? And then there's a little knock on the door and it's Mrs. Spool. She came to visit Norman, (gasps) see how he is. Oh, Oh, so nice. Lovely. And he, he makes her some tea and she starts to chat and she's all like, 
you know, uh, Mrs. Bates, uh, your mother, was my sister. Did you it's know It's very that? matter of fact. Like, it just comes yeah. out of nowhere. It's like, oh, by the way. Yeah, hey, like, uh, what the hell? Did you know? It's like, just making you some tea here, and you have to yeah. just drop all this craziness. What the it's hell? It's not like school? a typical killer monologue you know it's not like no. the end of the friday the 13th with you know mrs mm-hmm. Voorhees like revealing yeah. her whole plan it's just very like matter of fact like oh by the way i killed all these people and you know, she's I'm... very sweet it's yeah. like if mrs doubtfire was a serial killer yeah. it's just like oh well like yes you see i i had to kill them all because they were ruining my boy's life that, and that, that's smythe dear smythe smythe to me to me dear <laughs> and so the whole thing is that apparently Mrs. Bates adopted Nor- Norman when he was an infant because Mrs. Spool went to an institution. And then she is like, yeah, I was the real killer the whole time because they were trying to harm you. And Norman's just like trying to f- figure out what to do. Like, do I poison her with the tea? Like my, my previous mom, what do I do? But he still has the shovel from all the coal shoveling. So he's just, <laughs> He just, just brings like it up and whacks her on the head with it. And the chair like explodes and she just falls down on the ground. And like convulsing. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so crazy. And then he just kind of starts, you know, going back to his old tricks again. And we can <laughs> yeah. see that he, he now has another mother up there in the window. Mm-hmm. And he is back to the way he was at the end of the original. It's a damn shame. Mm. It's so fucking sad. This movie it's is really sad. Like this it is, is. It's, it's a fucking tragedy. I mean, this guy's tried yeah. to rebuild his life and uh poor guy. I mean, yeah, he was a fucking murderer, but he was he did his time and he was like yeah. legitimately psych- psychopath and you know, it's it's I I I mean, he's medicated at this point and you know, trying mm-hmm. to rebuild his life to some degree and uh I don't know. I like really that this film sad. it it is a, about something. You know, it's not just yeah. let's have Norman Bates back killing people dressed up as mom. It's right. like genuinely going in a different direction bringing back the same characters but giving them different things to do different goals different dreams you know lila is not the same person that she was in psycho she's a completely different person in fact she's more monstrous than norman is now and that's it's just a it's they have so much fun with sub subverting the original and trying to do something different and i think that's why Mm -hmm. it succeeds is because it's not just a carbon copy I agree. And you, you get some of that sins of the parent stuff that mm-hmm. like Wes Craven loved too. you know, it's it, all oh, this yeah. pretty much happened because Norman's mother was essentially terrible to him and like drove him nuts. Mm-hmm. And um, everyone is sort of dealing with the fallout of that. And yeah. Lila to a degree, her sister, you know, uh, she made the bad decision in the first movie too, of stealing the money. And uh, mm-hmm. so everyone sort of has these family ties that are really, fringed and um when they try to get like sort of revenge it, it always backfires and it's just yeah. everything is it's just uh it's sad i mean it is it's just a fucking tragedy um it while is. still and being yeah, like so fun much fun <laughs> yeah, yeah i know it's a fun it's, tragedy I, it, it's, it's a fun movie like it's a, it's it's yeah i think more <laughs> people should watch this when they're making a tragic horror ho- horror film to know how to have your tra- tragedy, but still have some fun, you know? Yeah. It's a nice yeah. balance. Have your tragedy, but eat it too. Yeah. Eat your tragedy. It's, it's, it's a very good sequel. I put it up there oh, with like... One of the best. Nightmare on Elm Street 3 and um, Child's Play 2 and um, mm-hmm. Scream 2. You know, it, it, it's yeah. up there with these... Uh, it, it is not often, I think, ranked up there, but it should be because it's 
very, I think over the past decade or so, I think there's been a little bit more of a reassessment. Things come around. Yeah. Yes. But uh, if you don't like the twist at the end, which I don't love the twist, uh, it is negated in part three anyway. So. Yeah. I mean, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) What I love is that there's a psycho movie for everyone. You know, if you didn't like the twist, well, you got part, part three, you know, if you didn't like any of the sequels, you've got part four that pretends like nothing happened between psycho one and four. So part four is so it's weird. weird. It's it's yeah. yeah it's yeah it's definitely my least favorite, but it's there. It's it's it exists. I enjoy them all, and that mm. is so, so something I can't say about most franchises. So yeah, got to give them some props for that. Oh Norman, you are mad as a hatter. Oh, he really is, isn't he? But I love that he's very self-aware about it. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like, I'm pretty crazy. And we're like, yeah, you really are, Norman. But you're mm-hmm. really working on it. You are going through some self-improvement. And I think more people could benefit from an ad- an attitude like Norman has in this movie. Yeah. There, and there's some, like, kind of metaphors to, like, mental health treatment here, too, mm-hmm. where, like, he is clearly oh God, yeah. begging for help at times. And most mm-hmm. people are just kind of ignoring him. Even the psychiatrist yeah. is like, oh, he's fine. Like, I'll check in on him, but he seems like he's fine. And it's like, um, yeah. this guy needs help. Like, a lot of help, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's just, especially these days, it's so hard to get it. You know, there's so many yeah. people out there struggling. This isn't going to turn into like a very special episode of Homos <laughs> on Haunted Hill. <laughs> Today. <laughs> Did you know that one in 50 people are struggling with mental health in this country? In but it's true. You know? an <laughs> Put the knife down, Norman. <laughs> It's, uh, it, but it's it's true though. You know, there's there's so many people that are struggling with with it because we don't prioritize it in this country. Right. And I think if if right. we did, we'd be a much happier country. And most people, well, not most people, but a lot of people aren't paid a living wage. So and yeah, and they wonder like, oh, why am I depressed? Well, maybe because I can't afford to, like put food on my fucking table or yeah, you know, it's like go to do things. But I don't know. Do I eat or go to therapy? It's like right. what do you do? Right. No, which, <laughs> you know? Make make your choice. Great film. Go check it out. If you haven't seen it or it's been a while, it's a good yes. uh, Halloween season one because it's got that great kind of a uh, creepy gothic, maybe haunted house vibe, but also like mm-hmm. whodunit. And the, there's just a lot going on. It's one of those movies. So much. A lot of moving parts. Um, do you have an Overlook gem this week? I do. And I'm so okay. excited to share it with you and our loyal share listeners. Share it with our studio, studio audience. Studio audience. Studio audience. <laughs> studio audience. Are you Australian now? What, what is this? Yes. <laughs> My studio. Um, so this movie is called Cameron's Closet. Cameron's uh, Closet. Okay. This is a film that I had not seen until last week. But it's on Amazon Prime. And I had been told not to watch this. I had told... I was told it's a dud, it's stupid, it's dumb, and I'm so glad I didn't listen to any of you fuckers because this movie, it is stupid and it is dumb, but I had a great time. Okay. Okay, a great time. And it it it, it is related because the film opens with Tab Hunter who used mm-hmm. to date Anthony Perkins back in the day. That's true. And um another wonderfully closeted Hollywood homosexual. Oh, we love and, him. Uh, they go to the panty parties. Him. Yes, fancy parties for the Hollywood homosexuals. <laughs> and uh, and he plays this guy who's like trying to study his kid who has like telepathy and telekinesis and stuff. And there's like a Don't they all? there's like a, Don't they all? a monster in his closet. And I'm not going to spoil it, but eventually this kid goes to live with his mom and like her fuck boy. And mm-hmm. uh, things just go from bad to worse. And this monster mm-hmm. comes out and like throws people out of windows 
and like de- decapitates them. It's a good time for the whole family. It's great. <laughs> okay. It is. It's like a Disney Channel movie on crack <laughs> with a lot more gore. And it's All just right. ridiculous. All right. Well, that's this week. Uh, mm-hmm. It's my uh, my birthday on Thursday. And this is my birthday, birthday movie. Thank you. Thank you. I'm turning <laughs> years old. 22? 22. 22. Right? Yes. God, <laughs> like the, how, how can yeah. you stand being so old? 22 I... is ancient. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay, Nancy. Jesus. I cannot believe, like, there is, there, there is still a narrative that, like, 25 is old 30 is old i'm like what is wrong with y'all it's because of fucking rom-coms and stuff they've they've done this they've they've made it seem like this is old and it's not like oh you don't have someone stupid you're you're not married with five kids and you're 25 my god what are you doing no i have a life fuck off like what (laughs) screw you (laughs) god julia roberts i know you're 28 but like you can find love later (laughs) yeah it's not a deal breaker you know like you have a wonderful 90s, gay best Julia. friend. You're going to be fine. <laughs> have you, speaking of Nancy and then Heather Langenkamp, have you started the Midnight mm. Club? I have. I'm on yeah. episode three. I find it quite yep. good. I'm good. very interested in where good. this is going. And it's really cool because I didn't know it was like kind of an anthology because these kids like get, get together and they tell these stories at midnight, mm. of course. And it shows the stories that they're talk, 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 talking about. And all the actors in the reg- the regular show play all the characters in these little oh. se- segments, including Heather Langenkamp. She so far has played like three or four different characters. It's really oh, cool. Delicious. It's very so it's interesting. Yeah. Kind of Are You Afraid of the Dark-esque, except they have the sort same of, actors yeah. playing the... Except it's TVMA, so they can curse and have gore and stuff. So it's quite the delightful dream. But I have a feeling this is going to break my heart because I really like all these characters. And the concept is is that they're all at this hospice because they're all going to die. Mm -hmm. Like it's terminal for all of them. So I'm like, they're going to die no matter what. Even if it's not like some supernatural thing or some killer, they're going to die. And I quite like them. And I'm like, this is going to, this is going to, this it's it's just going to destroy me. But Probably. it's Mike that's, Flanagan, that's and he Mike does Flanagan. that. You know, that's kind of his mo. Yeah, he destroys you. He, he destroys. Like you. I'm going to make you cry, you evil bitch. You're going to cry. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we got two more films lined up for this month, and uh, they're fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. This was our like more heady, serious movie, and uh, now we got it's some the pr- fun stuff. prestige film, the prestige yes. week, if you will. Yes. We're very elevated this week. Yes. Yes. Trying to take it very seriously. Did you see the way that that blade went through her? esophagus and in a very elevated fashion (laughs) it was a metaphor for the grief that a mother goes through when she has to sacrifice everything to save her daughter but ultimately loses her because she spends too much time trying to stop the force that is not really trying to attack them go watch psycho 3 and then you can go back and listen to our episode on psycho 3 which for whatever reason reason we did before psycho 2 so there we you like to keep you keep you guessing. We keep them guessing. That was back in our Overlook sequels month. Um, yeah. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your spooky season here. We're only mm-hmm. we're not halfway through yet, so you still got plenty of time to get your spook on. That's right. Get your costumes ready. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we will be back next week with something wacky. Peace out, y'all. Peace out, y'all. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>